Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show of Let's Get Lit. Dr. H and I are going to have a great discussion on some various subjects here concerning whether you need to use blogs, podcasts, webinars, seminars, what are the pros and cons of using them in your business? What are the pros and cons of using them towards depression for um, professional development? Now, I'm old school. When I was coming through the job market in retail as well as in public service, we did not have webinars and we definitely did not have blogs and we definitely did not have podcasts. Um, those were not our things. We had webinars and we had seminars. By the time I retired, I you all were beginning to uh, do blogs. Uh, podcasts have been around. They weren't that popular. So we're going to talk today about them. Dr. H. Yeah. I have my pet peeve about these blogs. You know that. <laughs> when I was going through online class, uh, through uh, University of Phoenix, we could not use blogs as um, a source. As a source. Correct. Of course, blogs, you don't know who they are. They're not experts. So when I looked at blogging, I realized, I said, wait a minute, blogging is simply a way to market. Mm -hmm. Market your brand, market yourself. Correct. It's it, it can be used uh, for for your startups. Okay, uh, they have benefits. Blogs can be used internally. They can be used externally. Um, we didn't call these. As I was looking at blogs, I realized that we did not call these internally blogs. Okay. <laughs> when I was working, it was simply <clears throat> information sharing. Right. It was knowledge sharing. That, that's what we called it. It was simply knowledge sharing. But we used this as a way to, uh, in project management, we would have a centralized place where we would post information, we would post what was going on, with with the project that we were doing and so we were able to share documents we were able to share the prog progress and all of the processes and the challenges and the lessons learned but it was we didn't call that blogging but that's right. what they call blogging today um we use this we use this space also to develop ideas there were some teams just used it for research and development. And that's where they, uh, we had a whiteboard. That's what we had, a whiteboard and we shared ideas and we solved puzzles. Um, we had a space where we could just vent. And they, you know, but today they call that internal blogging. And of course, external blogging is what a great number of us see today when people use these blogs to get people to come to their website. You know, uh, they want to make it exciting. They want to use a catchy name or something so that they can get uh, search engine optimization. 
it, they they use it for uh, public relations and you know to get temp, you know uh, again to get attention. Some even use externally to collaborate with their partners on the outside. So, um, what do do you? I don't see blogging again as career development so much as I see it as a tool for marketing and a tool for sharing ideas. What do you think? Do you think that blogging will ever get to the place where colleges, universities, um, organizations will use blogs for professional development, certifications, or anything of that nature? What do you think? That's going to be a no. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a no. Here's why. You know, when it comes to academics, the whole premise is credibility. And you opened it up and hit the nail on the head when you talked about you don't know who's writing it. They're not, they're not necessarily the expert. You can position yourself as that, but that doesn't mean that you are actually an expert. What qualifies you as an expert? I mean, these days you've got 18 year olds that have successful blogs that are making thousands and thousands of dollars, but what exactly makes them an expert? And I'm not saying that their age, you know, should be used against them. But when we start talking about academia and credibility, it's where are they sourcing a lot of their information to create these blogs, you know what I mean? Uh, the other thing about a blog is a lot of times it is rooted in personal opinion. And while there may be some evidence that they use, it could be manipulated, it could be distorted, it could be a lot of different things. So that's why it's kind of like a wiki. Anybody can make mm -hmm. it, you know, some type of edit to a wiki. So you, when it comes to professional development and academia and things where you want to present yourself as an expert, you want to look at credible sites to post on rather than your blog. So, you know, try to get published professionally published and that's not easy to do but if it was easy to do everybody would be doing it mm -hmm. but credible sites are going to screen they're going to see who you are what's your background what makes you an expert in this and you know how you write there's a certain way to write at a professional level and um, it's just, it's, there's a lot more that goes into it. So when it comes to blogging, I agree with you. It is very much if you're in business and you want to, you know, market yourself, you want to generate lists. I see more people using their blog as a means of generating a list, an email list, so that they can promote whatever product or services or whatever their business model is via direct email. So the blog is a way to curate content. And, you know, a lot of times those newsletters are just recycling the same information just in a different way. You can look at a lot of social media website uh, pages and you can see a lot of the posts that people put out there are pretty much the same thing, just reinvented, reimagined in a different manner. So it, as a business owner, it may not be a bad way to go if you are looking for a way to increase your email list um, or even to show that you know what you're talking about, you know what you're doing, because people do use the internet as a means of checking out to see, do you really know what you're talking about? Are you who you say you are? But you, 
I would say just go deeper in what sets you apart from the next person who's doing the same thing, marketing themselves on Al Gore's internet. Because you got to remember the internet is free. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And a number, we know that millions, perhaps billions of people use the internet. And we also know that there are many, 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 many businesses, large, small, in between, that are on the internet. And even if, I'm not talking against blogs. Right. I think they have a purpose, especially external. I believe that the business that uses blogs and know how to finesse their blogs and make it attractive and 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 their product that's another thing the product that they're using and selling and presenting how you use that will make a, a, a vast difference in improving your customer service right. uh, giving customers their assistance I do think that it's a way also to conduct polls and get feedback but you as a business owner must know your audience you've got to decide whether or not it's worth the time and the energy also to do a blog because to do a blog uh, and only do it maybe once or twice a year that's not going to cut it you really have to take time and keep up with blogging and a you lot have of people to post yes, regularly. You've got to push it regularly, which means either yourself or someone on your team will have to be responsible for this. And the question is, is that a uh, is that something you want to invest in? Because you've got to pay that person to do Correct. that blog unless you make that part of their job description. Uh, in HR or whatever, in marketing or whatever department that they're in. So that's blogging. Now we're podcasting. We're doing a podcast. <laughs> but I know, I look at podcasts and I've looked at some of them and I know that podcasting, I don't see where now or even in the future that companies will use podcasts for certification for career development, um, I don't think so. You know, it it might be something where you use it to become abreast of something to share ideas, but I don't see it as a, a means, as a tool for, hear what I'm saying, for certifications. Right. I may be wrong, but you know, things, things, things are constantly evolving. But I do think that podcasts, again, are another tool that's out here. It's an amazing channel to reach people. It's a good audio tool because there are people who learn better by listening. They don't have to see. I think podcasts, again, are good because you're on the road. You can travel. You can listen. You don't have time to read. You can plug it in when you're at the gym. You can listen and you can get ideas you can hear what's going on in your arena and a lot of people who sites you come to they do have expertise in various areas so it it it's it's not without some significance it has its trade-offs uh but 
again, you've got to weigh the pros and cons of doing the podcast. I truly believe that as podcasts, we get to present ourselves. Correct. You get to hear us. You get to know the person's knowledge. So if you wanted to invite Dr. H or I to, to come to us, you know, do a seminar, do anything for you, you can tune in and listen to our vast, 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 vast. Lord, she's being dramatic today, y'all. Trying to dramatic uh, areas of expertise. Um, I, 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 you know, yay. We're I think podcasts are fun. We're having fun. Yeah, podcasts are fun. I think one of the thing, one of the benefits of podcasting is people get to not only get a feel for your level of expertise and your knowledge, but they also get a feel for your personality. And yes. that's if you allow your personality to come through. Your podcast should be fun and it should be, it absolutely should be a reflection of you and who you are and what you bring to the table. It's not just all business. Yeah, but what else? Again, it's your personality that's setting you apart from the next podcast because trust me, there are a lot of listening audiences out there vying for the same ears, you know what I mean? And, you know, how many business podcasts are, are out there? But you know, you can narrow it down to say, well, how many mother-daughter business podcasts are out there? Yeah. And then even with that, so it's the personality that 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 you bring to the podcast that makes people want to tune in because it's fun. I had someone reach out to me and he was like, oh my God, I just love you and your mom. Y'all have such great energy. I want to listen to whatever y'all got because y'all have so much fun together. And I was like, well, yeah, that's the whole point. What's the point of spending a lot of time recording a podcast if you're not having fun or enjoying what you do? And I think that that, that is what sets a lot of different podcasts apart is when you have good chemistry and you just allow each other to shine through and just have fun with it. Yes, yes. And <laughs> as mother and daughter, you know, mom here, here am I, 30 plus years in the, in the, in the market arena, retail and public service. And now I'm out of the secular world and I am now in, as they call it, kingdom world. I'm in the Christian world. But even at that, the things that I learned, the skills, the knowledge, translate into Christendom. We can use them in anywhere. Right. And at 68 years old, what's the need of me sitting around with this knowledge and this know-how and not share it? with you, my daughter, and other people. Right. And I think there are a lot of people in my age group who have a lot of knowledge, skills, and abilities that are just sitting on them. Right. Rather than, you know, doing podcasts and sharing them. I, you know, I, I still help people with grant, grant writings, how to do contracts. I still do things and teach on team building. I still keep up with all of these things. Right. Why? Because I am, although I'm not in the secular world, I am still doing it in another world. Right. And I so, right. And so we need to share these things and do these things. And I'm having fun with my daughter at the same time. I think one of the things that I want to encourage um, our listening audience to do is don't be afraid. 
um, you know, sometimes you, you know, people won't step into something and won't try something because it's new, but don't be afraid. I don't care what age you are. Don't be afraid to get out there and do something different and try something that you haven't tried before. Um, what, what do you have to lose that if, especially if you're in business, if you're in business and you're trepidatious, you probably are not going to be in business long. You have to be willing to um, step out there and do things that you normally wouldn't do, or you need to hire, you need to partner with someone that balances you out. Correct. If you plan to stay in business and be successful, you know, in the long haul, you've got to be able to step out there into the new, into things that um, you would consider uncharted territory. It's not a bad thing, but you have to know for yourself what your boundaries are, what your limits are, and what you're comfortable with. And again, if there are things that you're not comfortable with as a business owner, you're going to have a hard time shifting and pivoting. So either you're going to need to partner with someone who can help bring about that balance, who's not afraid to launch into the deep and step into the things that you are uncomfortable or maybe nervous about doing yourself, or, you know, you're just, you're going to fade away. I'm dumb. And I just, I just really want to be clear about that because people have a misconception of what business is. Oh, I'm going to do this and people are going to love my product and service, da, 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 all this other kind of stuff. But COVID showed a whole different side and yes. proved that you can't rest on your laurels. You have to be willing to try something different and get out there and do something new. And if you podcasts want to are great. They're mm -hmm. a great way to express yourself and express your brand. And here at Let's Get Lit, that's what we're trying to tell you or we're encouraging to, you to do. Get lit. Get up, market your ideas, stop sitting on your laurels thinking that you can't do something. Right. Listen, there are people who've gone before you and they've done it and they've done it in circumstances that are worse than what we're in now. And I truly believe that, as especially as African Americans, women, this is a great time for yes, us. I agree. A great, great time for us to arise. And listen, when I say break glass ceilings, those ceilings are still there. Yes. Shifting paradigms, you still, if they still need to be shifted. Do not think that we have arrived because we have not. No. There are still barriers there. And so we need to, uh, good trouble. Yes. Good trouble requires you to uh, excel in what you do. It requires you to be flexible. It requires you to go out there and take advantage of the various things that are out there that will help you to expand your mind develop your leadership ability, expand your business right. because you do not have to remain quote small. Even if you are small, you still can impact and influence your neighborhood, your family, your community, and even the world. So that's enough on podcast. <laughs> do it. All I got to say is just, what do they say? Just do, do it. it. That's right. That's right. That's right. Just do it. Just do it. Okay. Now, <laughs> webinars. Mm -hmm. Girl, let me tell you about these webinars. I have watched and attended some webinars. Mm -hmm. And listen, 
I'm going to say this. The cons of a webinar. <laughs> well, I've learned that they can be very incompatible because I, I've gone to some web, webinars that the title and what they said it was going to be about. Correct. It was not that. Mm-hmm. And you was talk. I'm talking about boring, waste of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and even some that were what they were sa- said they were supposed to be, and the people were very energetic. They were well knowledgeable, but a disadvantage for webinars is poor focus. Listen, you can lose focus in a minute. Mm-hmm. with a webinar okay yes. uh this webinars require discipline mm-hmm. and covid even showed us listen working from home requires discipline, discipline. yes webinars require discipline mm-hmm. and i'm talking about for the listeners so therefore if you're developing a webinar you have to keep that in mind that, listen, I have to keep my audience engaged. I've right. got to make sure I have people on the webinar. Right. That are stimulating as well as the topic, because you can have a topic with people who are presenting who are not exciting. They are boring. They sound like the lady from the Peanuts car- uh, cartoon. A wah, 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 wah. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. Listen, if you're going to do a webinar, it's okay to have a script. Yes. See, I think people think that they got to wing everything just like going live. When you go live, you can still have a script and outline something to help you stay focused or you're going to get off track and you'll lose people in your audience who are expecting something specific from your webinar. So I, I, I agree with you. And some of them, again, this is one of those let the buyer beware situations because some people are very good at marketing and convincing you that this is the greatest webinar on earth. And you get to that webinar and it's some pre-recorded foolishness. And they'll mm-hmm. convince you that, oh, this is live. No, it ain't. It's a it's pre-recorded. You can tell that it's pre-recorded. It's some pre-recorded foolishness. Um, it's fabricated because you can do a lot of things with, you know, technology. So they'll fabricate like people that it's a lot of people there. And, oh, it's 120,000 people. Or it's 150 people in here. But you don't have, you barely have any engagement. Um, so then they've caught on to that and now they're they're creating and fabricating engagement just so that, you know, to make themselves seem like they're larger than life. Um, or they're on these platforms that help market and promote them, which is good. However, you know, if that webinar or workshop is always discounted. Yes. Because let me tell you something. I have come to the point. I am Dr. Latonya Hughes. I know what I know. No discounts, no sales. I'm sorry. Why? Pay the price because you don't have no problem paying Michael Kors. You don't have no problem paying this person and that person. You don't have no problem paying name brand and all this other kind of stuff. You can pay me. You can pay the next person. Why? You're paying for our expertise and our knowledge because we know what we know. What we know. Um, and so that's just kind of where I am with it. And I, and I have some colleagues who are, who are the same. We, we, no, no discounts. It is what it is. This is the price. The price is the price. It's funny because when I go get my hair done, 
she'll ask because she's a friend and she'll she'll say is this is this price okay and i look at it and i'm like the price is the price i said i'm your friend how dare i take a discount i should be paying yes the full price you know what i mean so the price is the price no discounts here why because you have taken the time to invest in yourself into your knowledge and information that you are sharing with other people and if they don't want to pay the price somebody else will pay the price and you see a lot and again some of these webinars are just like blogs they're the new blog it's a it's a way to build their lists yes it's a way to build a list but also it's just kind of like passive income i can i can have this pre-recorded webinar here and, and keep selling it and cycling it and all da, 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 and only and i might change a little bit here or there but for the most part it's the same thing and it just keeps running on autopilot so you just have to be careful as a business owner when you when you're looking at a lot of these different things because everybody is i'm telling you it's ads on top of ads on top of ads everywhere all over facebook instagram even twitter um i've seen them on linkedin i've seen them everywhere of how you can you know create your own webinar your own course yes. and all this other kind of stuff blah 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 blah, blah all this other kind of stuff everybody's selling stuff everybody is all of a sudden a marketing expertise i talked with someone who was literally a psychotherapist guess what she's doing oh i got a marketing plan now I, it works and so she's selling her marketing plan everyone everybody's a everybody's an expert at, at everything but what they're what what they're selling what they're doing so you have to be careful and understand what your business is who is your client and what are they looking for from you because you might not need to do the things that other people are doing. Don't take a cookie cutter approach um, if it's not necessary. And also you got to look at webinars as the business owner as to whether you want to invest in it for your employees right. for professional development. Mm -hmm. When webinars initially began, they were actually an affordable way to do seminars. Mm -hmm. Webinars were really the virtual aspect of seminars. And they were being presented by experts in their field. And the cost, they were less than a seminar because they, of course, virtual. it was saving a company money as far as transportation, hotels, and, and all of that so that they could present the webinar uh, at, at the job, mm -hmm. okay? And you could bring in X number of employees to uh, sit in on the webinar to gain the knowledge and the skills that they require. That's right. So, that's the way it initially started. But like everything else, people saw this as a, well, wait a minute, here's a tool where we can make some money. money. Mm -hmm. So as Dr. H is saying, you now have to look at the webinar. Mm -hmm. Look at it, whether it's a reputable company, mm -hmm. a reputable organization that's putting this on. Uh, organizations such as Gardner, what with Lean Six Sigma, some of them do seminars. They have a reputation. Correct. 
And you're not going to see many of their things being free unless you have connected with them in some kind of a way. Right. And even if they do give a free webinar, it's just snippets. But if you want the meat and the potatoes, if you want something that's going to require your employee to have a certificate, you will pay for it. Yes. You will pay for it. So these are some things that you really need to look at as to whether or not you want to invest in webinars for your employees and even for yourself. That's right. Mm -hmm. As to whether it's going to um, help you towards any certification or even documenting whether uh, you're continuing education or what have you. Talk with your employer, talk with your organization as to what they will accept and which organizations they will accept. Because again, there's a lot of webinars out there. Right. There are, and and the, the, you, you, listen, if you're in a specific industry, there are already credible yes. organizations. If I were you, when it comes to your professional development, that's not where you want to cut corners and be cheap. Mm -hmm. If you're in HR, for instance, just go ahead and go with the Society of Human Resource Management. Just go with SHRM. If Correct. you're in hospitality, go with AHLA mm -hmm. or NRA. And I'm not talking about the National Restaurant Association, NRA. AHLA is the American Hotel and Lodging Association. There are already organizations that are credible that have put in the work to build their credibility in their respective industries so that you don't have to have that let the buyer beware when it comes to getting your certifications or staying on top of what you need to stay on top of as an industry professional so um just be careful of that you know what i mean like i i when i i, I do consulting for hospitality that's because i've been in the industry i got you can go and look at my transcripts like I, I, I'm not new to it, you know, but you've got people out here who will tell you that they're a hospitality professional or they, they got this amount of experience, but you can't, where's the proof? Where's the evidence? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So just be careful out there, um, as a business owner, you do want, if you're looking at investing in your employees for their professional development, or even yourself as the owner, because you should be staying on top of your professional development in your industry to know what's going on, especially trends and what's expected, um, especially in this post-COVID climate, because nothing is going back the way it used to be. I, I really hope no one thinks that because it's just not. I don't care what industry you're in. It's just not going back to the way it was. So just just stay on top of your industry trends, know what's going on and how it's going to impact your business. And then you'll be able to make informed decisions, but stick with organizations that you know and if you decide that you want to do something similar look at partnerships don't reinvent the wheel look at who you can partner with already that's already done the work and if you are with well we know if you're with government you probably already are aware of usda mm -hmm. grad school but if you are contracting or plan to contract with the government organization. Consider USDA Graduate School. They have a government training and professional development. They have certificate programs and they have 
what they call virtual instructor-led and self-paced course. Mm-hmm. This is a credible site. This is right. a credible organization. And they do have certificate programs. And when I was with the government uh, here in the Baltimore area, I went down to the school in D.C. But now that they have the virtual that makes it even easier. So Mm -hmm. again, we just gave you some organizations that you can look into. And if they have webinars, invest in them, pay for them, do what you need to do for your professional development. Right. You are worth investing in. And if you're a small business, invest in yourself as well as your employees yes and it will pay off mm-hmm. absolutely going up now we talked about webinars being um the virtual of seminars seminars again here are others that have their pros and cons seminars have been around for a very very long time correct they are good for professional development. Mm-hmm. They 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 extend beyond, as we say, your blogs. They extend beyond articles. They, they this is just a great way to gain more insight into your particular field of expertise. Because mm-hmm. normally seminars have specialty training. Mm-hmm. They, they have a specialized uh, area that they're giving to you. And so with that, I remember I was in I, information technology security. That is a huge area. Absolutely. Huge field. Absolutely. But I work in the policy aspect. Mm. So when I went to seminars, my management looked at those seminars that had to deal with policy and procedures. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't go to the seminars that dealt with the hardware. Mm-hmm. Okay. How to secure the hardware and the protocols and all of that. I had to be aware of it. And they made a, us aware of it in those policy seminars. But my management did not waste money sending me to that, okay? Right. And I think that's the good thing about seminars because they target a certain audience. Agreed. Okay. Also, seminars are a great way to network. They're a great way to network, to also to observe your competition. Absolutely. See, so you got to understand there are some pros to going to seminars as well as allowing your employees to go to seminars. Mm-hmm. They let you know. Now, you know, the cons are seminars are usually small. They have they have limited spacing, so you not may not have a large arena. Right. Seminars have a tendency to be a little bit more pricey mm-hmm. than say a conference. Um and they tend to be boring. I'm going to be and honest they tend, with you. They tend to be boring. And they sometimes they can be a waste of time too if the organization that's presenting it have not looked at the presenters. 
Right. Because you can have information and have lousy presenters. Yes. Okay. Lord knows. And I've had it where you've had great presenters, but the material was lousy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that can be disappointing. But then again, this again is where you've got to do your research as to who's giving it, mm-hmm. what they're giving, and their reputation for, for presenting. Uh, didn't you do a seminar down in, what was that? Across the water there? Was that a seminar? I did. No, that was a private workshop. So I've done, I did a presentation for ILA International Leadership Association in Montreal, Canada a couple years ago, where I was presenting on my doctoral project on mentoring. So that was a conference and um, some of the, and it was huge. So it was so large that you have concurrent sessions. Those are pretty fun and exciting because there's so much going on all at one time and it's it's excellent networking. The I did a private workshop in Jamaica, not last year, but in 2019. Um, <clears throat> and that was a private workshop for a um, organization for their professional development. And it was specifically to their leadership team. So their leadership team needed professional development credits. So I did a half day workshop for them on um, emotional intelligence. So, and then the other half of the day was someone else doing um, professional development on a different, on a different topic. So it really depends. I, it's very interesting because I had the first half of the day when I probably should have had the last half of the day, but it was okay because you're talking about people who were arriving, stayed up all night. So they're jet lag because many of them coming from different time zones, all this other kind of stuff, barely had three hours of sleep and you got to sit through a whole day of professional development workshop. The good thing is I'm very animated. And I built in um, like a lot of activities and music and dancing and movement to keep them going, but also it integrated very well. I wove it into the actual lesson that of the workshop that I was doing. So um, it was very interactive. So that's what kept them awake. And they was like, oh my God, we're so glad you kept us awake. But then half, last half of the day, they were like, you wish you were at the last half of the day because it's after lunch and we're sleepy. So it really did. It, it definitely depends on, you know, your presentation. A lot, a, a lot goes into it. I know for me as a presenter, I ask a lot of information about the audience. I want to know who am I presenting to what's going on and and in this regard travel helped me a lot so i'm very glad that i built in a lot of the interactivity that i did to keep them active and engaged and they really enjoyed the workshop because they were like oh my god you kept me awake (laughs) but at the same time i remember i retained a lot of the information because you know you made it interactive you made it fun but we were able to you know engage with it so i had so there's a lot going on into it so I want to say to business owners, think about, you know, instead of finding a conference to send your folks to, maybe you need to bring someone in to customize something for your team. And there's, that's not a bad way to go. I know back in the day, that's what we used to do. We used to have companies used to invest in, you know, retreats, 
develop leadership development retreats and and that's what we would come up with you have somebody who would come up with something just for your team because you know what your company needs and i think that for me i think post covid i think that's that's what we're going to start seeing is a shift of companies getting away from that cookie cutter approach and going back to what do i need to see in my staff so that I can look at what I need, where I need to invest in their professional development and maybe just bring someone in that can actually do just that, customize something for my team and we hit the bullseye rather than be sending them somewhere and I assume that that conference is going to hit the bullseye for my team. A couple of things you just said. You talked about the workshop that you did. Mm -hmm. Going back to words, and semantics right you use workshops and i was saying seminars mm -hmm. but in all actuality those are interchangeable i need Correct. people to understand that because doc calls them workshops i'm old school we call those in my day seminars right so when you're going out there you may see the word seminar or you may see the word workshop mm-hmm Okay. Yeah. And as far as bringing people in, when I left government and I still talk to some of my friends in government, of course, that's a huge industry in the U.S., mm -hmm. but we had our training. We had what we call training in, uh, training not only in-house, but we also brought in people in organizations to train our people. Right. Uh, we had to look at the return on investment, the cost of say sending uh, 40, 50 people out to training in a conference versus bringing someone in to train 40 or 50 people. Exactly. And a lot of times, depending on the the, the training that was needed, we would bring people in and they could do sessions, daily sessions for 40 to 50 people for five days. And that mm -hmm. would be less than sending those 40 to 50 people out. Right. And so this is something again, that when you're looking at seminars or workshops, look at whether the people who are presenting the work, the seminar or workshop, rather than going to them, how much will it cost them to come to you and present that same workshop to your Yes. People? So these are things that you need to consider, but also at the same time as the business owner and as a business owner, I always tell people just because you're the owner, just because you're the CEO, don't think that you do not need to stay abreast of things. That's right. Okay, so we used to have to really push our management team to go to training and to mm -hmm. these seminars and to workshops. So again, we want you to, the, the, the pros are you get to go out. Not only do you get to network, okay, but you also get to observe your competition. Right. Make time to invest in yourself. Invest in I've yourself. heard it a lot of times. I don't have time. I don't have time. Let me tell you something as a business owner, if you're not working on your business, mm -hmm. but you're working in your business, or if you're working in your business more than you're working on your business, you're doing it wrong. Thank you. 
you're doing it wrong. As a business owner, you should not be spending 75 to 80% of your time working in your business. It should be 75 to 80% of your time working on your business, which means I've got time to network. I've got time to invest in my professional development. And, you know, as I do that, I'm again, it's great networking. I'm connecting with people. I'm constantly coming up with ideas that allows me to grow and expand my business to build and provide more opportunities uh, for my intern, my current employees, but also create jobs. So again, if you're spending more time working in your business, then on your business, you're doing it wrong. And even if you are self-employed, that applies to you. Yes. Because you set your schedule. Correct. You set your time. Yes. And you decide how much time you want to spend in the business and you decide how much time you want to spend on the business. That's right. And as you can hear from the conversation we've had today, that one of these will give you professional development and possible certification. Mm -hmm. That seminars and workshops can possibly give you some certificates towards your profession. You've learned that the other the others webinars are questionable as to whether they will give you certificates. You've got to again look at the organization, right. the time, and what's required. But we know that blogs and podcasts mm-hmm. are mainly marketing dudes. Yes, they are. They will pique your interest. They can cause you to think differently that's what we want you to do think differently they encourage you to go out and do some research and look at how you can expand your business Mm -hmm. okay grow your business and then develop yourself professionally thank you for listening to us today dr h any last words for our listeners to go out and get into some good trouble (laughs) (laughs) i say know your business know your customer and to thine own self be true be true to yourself when running your business and you can't go wrong okay so there you have it blogs podcasts webinars seminars you decide what you're going to invest in, not only for yourself, but for your employees. Know that in order to shift paradigms, break glass ceiling, development is important. Expansion is important. And you choose how you are going to do it and what you will use to do it. So have a great day. And until next time, let's get lit. 